Welcome to Yoga Chit Chat. I'm Phoebe Schiff, yoga teacher, classic Scorpio sun sign, and Enneagram type three. And I'm Karak Morinaga, yoga teacher, yoga teacher trainer, and yoga student. Every week, we meet virtually for an informal discussion on a common yoga philosophy, principle, teaching, or theme. Today's topic is samskara, the Sanskrit word for groove or imprint. I have a bunch of different words that I wrote down as potential translations. I have latent impression, predisposition, imprint, innate tendency, or residual impression. Yeah, there's a lot of different ways to think of samskara. The way that always landed with me was groove or imprint, or this is my own interpretation, but like an indentation in consciousness. The idea is that it's the result of something creating a mark in consciousness. One of the visuals that my teacher, Tiffany Frazier, would often give in class is the visual of water running over a rock. That water over time, even just dripping water, will dig a groove in the rock. That groove then creates a path for the water to flow down. And that groove just gets deeper and deeper as the water continues to run over the rock. So that impression guides the flow of the energy, the flow of the water, and it continues to move across that groove. Samskara is a neutral word. These grooves or imprints are neither good nor bad. That said, we can have samskaras that can have a negative impact. And in this way, I think of samskaras as kind of potholes in our consciousness. So something when you are cruising along in your life and then you hit a pothole and then it takes some time to come back and and find that same level of awareness. In yoga, much of our practice is heightening our awareness of the samskaras, both good and bad. I agree that samskara is a word that is neither good or bad. It's, it's neutral. It all depends on how we see our samskaras or interact with our samskaras with these impressions upon ourselves. We can take the samskara in different directions. Some of them will want to keep, the ones that are serving us, and other samskaras will choose to discard. We'll choose to either change them or break them or move away from them. There are two ways to work with samskaras. First, you can create the opposite of a samskara. So let's use an example here. You might have a samskara, let's take it off the mat for a second, of going to sleep half an hour later than you intend. And you keep doing this over and over and over again. So it causes this groove or this imprint in your consciousness it's kind of like continuing to hit the pothole over and over again, but you do it so many times that it creates this impression. So one way to work, let's say you decide I'm going to bed half an hour later than I intend to, you can work with that samskara 
by creating the opposite, which would mean going to bed maybe an hour earlier. Maintaining this metaphor of the pothole is, is sort of putting cement over it. If you've created the pothole by going to bed late, then going to bed an hour early starts to cover the pothole. So then the other way that you can work with a samskara, and let's use the same example, is to dissolve it through self-awareness. In my mind, and this is sort of the more challenging way, it's just realizing, oh, wow, I have this pattern of going to bed half an hour later than I intend, and I don't want to do that anymore. So these are the ways that we can become aware of them and then start to dissolve them. What you are really describing are habits. The things that we do habitually, the things that we do repeatedly, the time that we go to sleep, the time that we wake up, two strategies for approaching the, the habit, doing completely opposite versus dissolving. What would be an example of dissolving the going to sleep late samskara? If going to sleep an hour earlier is the opposite, what would be the dissolving practice? From this perspective of dissolving it through self-awareness, to me, I think of it as finding that kind of witness consciousness of embodying the consciousness of the observer. And to me, what that really means is removing any judgment. And instead of saying, I'm a terrible person or I'm lazy or whatever it is, and that's causing me to go to sleep late, it's just observing that that's the pattern. And then from that witness consciousness saying, I consciously no longer want to do this. And in, in that level of self-awareness, which is really observing yourself, observing the habit, that is how you dissolve it from, from my perspective. So it all starts with pattern recognition, which is really how I think of the yoga practice very often. We come to the yoga mat and we recognize various patterns in our own practices. So we might notice that one shoulder drops all of the time, or we put more weight on one foot than the other foot. And these various patterns, physical patterns in our bodies, often shift other things in our bodies, and we get things like pain, discomfort, imbalances. We come to the yoga mat and we do all of these various shapes and poses. The practice is to then take a step back, witness our bodies, feel our bodies, experience our bodies, and start to become good at detecting various patterns. Then once we have the ability to recognize the patterns, then we have an opportunity to do something with them. Some of the samskaras, some of the patterns, which is also how I define samskara is just pattern. Some of the patterns are helpful and we'll want to keep those patterns. So if we have a pattern of keeping our shoulders back and sitting up tall and keeping our neck and back in good alignment, then those are all patterns that we'll probably want to keep in yoga and in daily life. 
But if we have a pattern of shifting our weight to one side or having our heads drop forward too much, then that's probably a pattern that we'll seek to change. So in some ways, the physical yoga practice aligns with what you're saying about dissolving. We'll just take a step back, observe ourselves, and then realign to the highest, doing our best, and that starts to dissolve the negative patterns or the patterns that aren't serving us. And it's a big thing that I want to clarify and distinguish a little bit is that it, yes, it dissolves certain things. And yoga beyond just dissolving is a practice of, of staying in that witness consciousness to prevent some scars from being created moving forward, to be so connected to your body that you can actually feel when one shoulder is lower than another, or if one hamstring is tighter than another. And so the intention is to find that level of self-awareness where you're able to see that and actually prevent the groove from being created, which requires a lot of self-awareness, by the way. This is, this is not easy. It comes with practice and Disclaimer, witness consciousness doesn't happen overnight. (laughs) I have another description or metaphor for samskara. This is straight from Tantra Illuminated by Christopher D. Wallace. And it's just a lovely way to really visualize samskaras. So I'm reading, this is quote, in common Sanskrit usage, a samskara is literally an impression like a footprint in the sand at the beach. Now, if there is a series of deep footprints and other impressions in the sand, when the tide comes in and the water flows over them, it will flow differently than if the sand were perfectly smooth. In precisely the same way, when the energy of reality flows through your mind, it is affected by the deep impressions of past experiences that are lodged there and thereby it flows differently. Thus, based on our experience of the past, We formulate projections and make assumptions that too often are misaligned with the reality of the present. So we can talk about these impressions and how they affect the flow of water on the beach. In our lives, it can be everything from the flow of energy physically in the body. It can be the flow of thought. It can be a shift in our emotions. We'll have tendencies to react a certain way to a given situation, to a given yoga pose. These samskaras can affect us on different levels, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. And we can work on detecting and shifting the samskaras on any of those levels. Something I got from that was also the importance of presence. And in some ways, I think that samskaras are an invitation to become present. So for example, I have a samskara of making my bed every morning. I didn't always have it. It's relatively new, but I've done, I've been doing it for long enough where I make my bed first thing in the morning. And so we can all probably agree that that's a positive habit to have. And what I got from that definition was that it's also important to have presence while you're in the pattern. So even though that's a positive pattern, it's also important to be breathing and aware while you're 
doing the thing that creates the pattern and kind of starting a new every day. So instead of just doing it automatically, because that's what you do, coming back to this example of making the bed, for me, it's breathing and staying aware and being like, I am consciously choosing to make my bed this morning beyond just doing it kind of robotically. I have a morning routine where I get up on the same side of the bed every morning. I first head straight to the bathroom to brush my teeth. And then right after the bathroom, I'm headed to the kitchen and getting that first cup of coffee. That pattern is almost unbroken every day. I can kind of do that ritual half asleep. And that can be a good thing. It it makes me very efficient in the morning. I don't have to think about it very much. However, when I'm in a different environment, I have to get up a little bit earlier or something happens to disrupt the pattern, then it can really throw me off and I'm out of my flow. I think that's where being more aware of the patterns and moving more consciously through the morning or the day can be very valuable so that we're not dependent on the patterns, even the good ones, because I would consider my morning routine a fairly good samskara. It just helps me get through the morning and be very efficient with the day. It's a good thing, but it's good to be aware when it could, it could hinder me later on. Right. I agree. I like that you said that it's this, there's a delicate relationship with these because while we might agree that our morning rituals are positive, if we become dependent on them, then that starts to veer into something that is not helpful. So if I, for some reason, can't make my bed and that throws off my entire day, then that samskara is not helping me. And that's where the the self-awareness comes in and where we want to try and consciously choose to play out that pattern every day instead of just doing it because we're on autopilot. And this is a practice like anything else. And we're talking about positive patterns, going back to more negative patterns. If you decide that you really want to change something like going to bed late or that we maybe are those people or have those people who are always 15 minutes late. And that I just want to call out is the samskara. They're those people who are just always 15 minutes late, no matter what the weather's like, no matter what traffic is like, all, all of that. Here's the thing. If you've been chronically 15 minutes late for five or 10 years, then leaving yourself enough time to make it someplace on time will feel like if you are a righty and you write with your right hand, it will feel like trying to use your left hand to write because really what's happening. And I'm not a neuroscientist, so I hope this comes out right. But from my understanding, it's paving a new neural pathway. It's creating new connections between neurons. When you have really deeply paved one pathway, one groove, then creating a new one is like paving a new path. You know, you got to like get out a machete and get all of the branches and stuff out of the way and pave something new. So samskara or habits are, are something that we have the opportunity to become aware of and change, but we also need to be very mindful and, and really have grace with ourselves when we decide that we want to change. Changing samskaras can be extremely difficult. 
changing habits can be extremely difficult. I think almost everyone at some point in life has had a habit that they've wanted to or tried to change, maybe successfully, maybe not successfully, and they can be so difficult. Back to the very first description of samskara that I used was the water going over the rock. Once that water digs the groove in the rock, it's really hard for the water to move in any other direction. If the water stream or just the drip of water is hitting the rock in the same place, it's going to follow that groove every time. You almost have to like, you have to either change the flow of the water, move it in a different direction, or you have to break the rock. When we're talking about our own habits and patterns and reaction patterns, to shift the entire flow of our lives is difficult. To break down those old neural pathways and create new ones is very challenging. The good news is that yoga can help. Yoga is this practice of first pattern recognition and then doing something different, trying something different. To me, yoga is creating new pathways and feelings and impressions physically in the body, often challenging ourselves to do something new, something that we haven't tried before, something unfamiliar, reacting to poses and unfamiliar shapes in a way that maybe is a little bit outside of our normal reaction pattern, choosing to more consciously be calm, to be steady, to enjoy being in a state of slight discomfort or enjoy working really hard in a pose or enjoy being outside of our comfort zone. All of these things are just small ways of finding new samskaras. And then the intention is that maybe we get good at changing the small samskaras and then maybe we have a better chance at changing our big samskaras. I'm thinking back to a time when I was doing a bound forward fold and you pointed out to me that one of my shoulders was lower than another, which I wasn't aware of. And then to even that out, I had to kind of move asymmetrically in order to address that, which feels wonky and uncomfortable. This to me is representative of what it feels like also to change emotional and thought patterns. You can sometimes be thinking the same thought for years. You know, you can be thinking that life is really hard for, for many, many years. And so then the introduction of a new thought, which is that, which maybe is life is hard and really beautiful can feel like that asymmetrical prescription to fix a pose. And again, it, I, coming back to this idea of, you know, writing with your left hand when you're a righty, it can feel really uncomfortable to change. Ultimately, I think that the hardest part is just developing the level of awareness and witness consciousness to be able to see it. And then once you've become aware of it, then the changes will flow. It's just getting to that level of consciousness. That's the hardest part. The changes will come with practice. I do feel that initial awareness is often the hardest part. We don't always recognize the patterns. We don't always tune into our samskaras. I think very often we're surprised by some of the patterns that we hold on to. And it sometimes takes someone else to point them out. 
we've been talking a lot about habits and things building up over time, at least from a physical yoga perspective, some scars can also arise from trauma or something that happens acutely very quickly. It doesn't always have to be something that sneaks up on us over 10 or 20 years. We can be involved in an accident. We can injure ourselves and then it creates an imbalance somewhere in the body and it creates this new impression. It changes how we walk. It changes how we hold ourselves or carry ourselves. I think maybe when the samskara is impressed upon us more quickly, it's usually more noticeable, but not always. We can also have something happen to us psychologically, something that hurts us or damages us inside. And it can happen overnight. It can happen very quickly. And it changes everything that we do. It changes how we think. It changes how we react. It changes our emotional state. The samskara can be even more than a habit. It can be something that sort of happens to us, I suppose. And then that work to overcome or to get out of the negative pattern can be very difficult as well. It can be maybe even more difficult than something that's happened over time because now it's something that's happened very quickly and we're unprepared for it. We're not ready for that change. So everything that we're talking about with regard to samskara is is related to things that are happening in this lifetime. There is another somewhat similar concept. The Sanskrit word is vasana. And a vasana, from my understanding, I'm going to call it a karmic pre-existing condition. There is this similar and different idea to samskaras, and the Sanskrit word is vasana. A vasana is a a sort of karmic pre-existing condition. And if you choose to believe in in past lives, then the idea with a vasana is it's, it's kind of like a samskara that you come into this life with. It may have no explanation. So this is one way of thinking about phobias that, makes sense to me. So some people have this irrational, well, I don't want to say irrational, but a, a fear of snakes or heights or spiders or um, claustrophobia that is not rooted in trauma or experience from this life. One way of thinking about it is through the lens of this idea of vasana, which is the idea that the experience happened to you in a past life, maybe you had a really unfriendly encounter with a spider (laughs) in a last life. And then because that karmically wasn't resolved, then you come into this life with this fear of them. So samskaras refer to things, patterns that develop from this life. And then vasanas are, are things that we pull in from another. So the way to dissolve a vasana is from this same witness consciousness, observer consciousness. And then the idea is that if we don't address, if we don't become aware of it and address it in this life, then there's a pretty high likelihood we will bring it into the next life. And whether one subscribes to the idea of reincarnation and past lives or not, we can all relate to 
having patterns or some scars, impressions that we've had since birth or that we don't really have an explanation. Like you said, it didn't come from trauma. It didn't come from a habit that we have. So we can think of some scars as just sort of our natural tendencies, whether we think about those natural tendencies as being drawn from a past life or just sort of making up the natural tendencies that make up the impressions of who we are right now. Certainly some people have the tendency to be more happy more often. Others have the tendency to be quick to be angry. And the next person might have the tendency towards depression. And we'll all carry these different patterns. Again, that could be physical too. So some people are just naturally stronger. Some people are naturally more flexible. We'll all have different, some scars and Life is about engaging with the samskaras, recognizing them, keeping the ones that are useful to us, and potentially changing the ones that are not. To me, the real gift of yoga is that it gives us the opportunity to become aware of our samskaras, wherever they came from. And it gives us the opportunity to decide if we want to keep them. And that is such a powerful thing to do because. There's so many things you could just say, well, I'm just bad at math or I'm just bad at warrior two and kind of write off any opportunity to change that statement. And so in this way, yoga is this just incredible empowering practice that gives us the chance to be very intentional with our lives and to not let anything from this life or others get in the way of living a full, beautiful, intentional life and and manifesting all of the things that we want to experience. So may we continue to heighten our awareness of our samskaras and may we continue to shift and change them for the better. This was a really great conversation, Phoebe. Thank you. And uh, will you let listeners know how and where to contact us? Yes, absolutely. This is One samskara I think that's helpful is letting people know how to get in touch with us. We would love to hear from you. Give us a follow on Instagram. Our handle is at yoga.chit.chat. We would also love to have you visit our website, www.yogachitchat.com. And if you feel called, let us know your samskaras. Let us know your good ones, your bad ones, your take on them. We would love to hear from you. Thanks, Phoebe. I'll chit-chat with you next week. See you soon.